Hello, and welcome to Affable Chat Off Script, the episodes of Affable Chat that aren't about movies. My name is Benjamin, and today my guest is Joey, who is my usual podcast co-host on the episodes of Affable Chat that are about movies. As the holiday crunch time came upon us, we decided to forego going for one more movie to close out the year because we had to go visit family and do other Christmas time stuff. So uh, we ended the year out with one last off script episode just between the two of us. Uh, so we'll talk about some other topics. So I hope you enjoy our final episode of 2019 uh, with my guest, Joey. Dude, my I mailed all my Christmas cards. Finally, you mailed all of them. Mailed all of them. It was such an ordeal. I, I definitely, I didn't. I want to say I bit off more than I can chew, but I definitely could chew it. It just was a lot of chewing. <laughs> it was seventy-three was my final uh, like number for the um, wow. the ones I actually had to address and put a stamp on and you know actually mail. Uh, so it was a lot. It was definitely a whole lot. I gave out a bunch. Seventy-three of is a lot. Um, how many? of these were new from last year oh so many and really that's just because i've opened up to the uh like just i just brought in the range I'm, i've done this a few times right. i'm comfortable with it so i i was like oh yeah i've got this down i can do a lot more now i'm capable of a lot more the one thing that i kind of failed at was having my own printer uh hmm. i could have gotten these out even earlier if i had my own printer unfortunately i had to wait until i had access to someone else's um because the one because what I did was I cut out my addresses and taped them to the envelope with clear tape, which is what I did last year, which is easy, but because I don't want to have to write them out by hand. Oh, I see. So yeah, I, yeah, okay. I, I typed them out, printed them that way. A, I know they're right. And B, uh, I don't have to write them all out by hand. But what you got to do is get those sticker ones like there's there's printer paper that's made mm -hmm. for this and you print them out with the addresses on adhesive already. You just peel and stick and I could be done in an instant. So that's my. That'll be my New Year's resolution is to get that going on my own <laughs> printer. And then next year, I will send a thousand Christmas cards. <laughs> you should like set up your own, you know, you should set some trials throughout the year. Send some more cards. You're so right, dude. I, I should have gotten a proof. Like, I say this now and I hope I can stick to it. This will be like my oh, fifth boy. year coming up is I want to get a sample of my Christmas card before I send it out. Wait, you don't have any of the ones you kept, you made? No, no, no. I, I, I want to see it before I mass print. I want to get a sample of like the different uh. glossy finishes, the different, uh, you know, card stock and stuff. Because I, the one I did this year, all of my ones have been fine. But I'm like, if I'm going to put this much work into it, I might as well get it right. The preview mm. they show you on the website can only take you so far. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to go to the place. Where do you get them printed? I, I get them from a, a website. It, it's it was originally it was like a Walmart or not Walmart Walgreens like third party. Like I was doing it from Walgreens, but then they really don't even. I don't think they fulfill like these specific kind of Christmas cards. They do it through like a third party and they mail it to you. Oh, I see. And they're really the, I I love the presentation. The box that it comes in is really nice, and it comes like a message like thank you for letting us be part of like your your Christmas tradition and stuff. It's it's a it's, oh that's cute. It's it's really a fun part of uh, Christmas every year for me. Um, and, and the joke is that, you know, I would do it with my, you know, you usually do a Christmas card with your family. 
I at least try to deal with the people I live with. Uh, this is the second year in a row where I live by myself. So it's like up to me to bring the magic. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't want to sp- like <laughs> when this comes no, out, I don't want to know anything about sure, it. Sure, <laughs> I'll, I'll cut it off at that. But um, this year is um, or by the time this episode comes out, everyone will have gotten it, including you. Uh, so I will you know, shout out to the people who listen to the podcast and are also on my Christmas card list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, by the time, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Cause I don't want to spoil it. In fact, I actually gave some out at work today and some of my coworkers posted them on their Instagrams and, Ooh, and tagged that's me. That's a compliment. But yeah. It wasn't, no, it's a huge compliment. That's it's high praise. It's uh, in low key. I'm kind of hoping that's what happens when people receive mine <laughs> in the mail. Um, and obviously I want to reward that kind of engagement by re you know, uh, by posting their story on my story but I can't do that because it would totally spoil it for the people who haven't gotten it yet because I just mailed them today. So, well, you can wait, can't you? Uh, stories last 24 hours, so theirs okay. will be gone, but once people start actually getting them in the mail, I'm going to start just reposting them so everyone can see how epic my Christmas card is. Um, see, that's just how much I know about Instagram is. I don't even know how that all works. <laughs> stories. That's like stolen from Snapchat, isn't it? It is. Oh, they so stole it from Snapchat. They honestly murdered Snapchat. That was, in, in at least in my life, with uh, that episode we did with Nick and Justin uh, a couple yeah. of, uh, weeks back where we talked about a lot of stuff. I cut out so much from that episode because we just had so much to choose from. But one of the things we talked about has Nick totally predicted the end of Snapchat. And again, <laughs> is that right? He did. Well, because I'm close <laughs> friends with Nick, our whole friend group, we all love to talk to Nick and stuff, especially like through social media. Cause we don't all live in the same place. And then Nick deletes Snapchat out of nowhere. And he's like, if you want to you know, message me, just send me something on Instagram. And we're like, dude, no, no one uses Instagram stories or like the Instagram <laughs> messenger. Snapchat is where it's at. What are you doing? You're going to miss out on all the best content because Snapchat was one of, is one of the best places for like casually posting content. Right, like right, the right. The bar is low. It doesn't have to be something actually that good. Uh, you can post it there and people will just, you know, tap through if it's boring. But Yeah, you can't through, tell people liked it or not or anything. Well, exactly. You can only tell they viewed it and if they really liked it, they might message you or something. Anyways, so yes. like through having like that low area for uh, barrier for entry, some really good stuff came through. Like just by by basically shit posting, you could sometimes put some good shit out there. Um, that has now completely left Snapchat, at least from my social circle, and has been huh. replaced by Instagram because people were already on Instagram and maybe even had a bigger following, like more more followers and more just engagement there. And they're like, why would I post this on Snapchat? I just, I'm getting more clout on Instagram anyway, just because it's the <laughs> it's the more popular platform. Yeah, Snapchat always like fascinated me just because it's like, when it first came out and everything, it didn't work that well. I always had so much trouble with it on my phone, like with it opening and stuff. It would always take forever, and like taking videos always had so much lag in it and stuff. Wait, wait, wait. I what, also had bad phones. What kind of? Yeah, exactly. What kind of phone were you using? Yeah, but still, I, I, I was not happy with it. It was like this. I had the same reaction to Snapchat as I did with Skype. It's like, how did this? <laughs> Become the default. He says as he talks on Google Hangouts because we tried Skype a long time ago. We we're like, this is never going to work. No, Skype is the worst. <laughs> that is a good comparison. The thing is, I think Snapchat was made for iPhone. Like it, initially it was mm. only on iPhone. I remember right when I chose to go Android, Snapchat came out and everyone had it. And I was like, 
what do you mean mine doesn't have it? <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was picking the better platform. I thought I was like totally dunking on the Apple kids. By, and then you were left behind. Left That's behind. funny. Yeah, it was awful. And then, like you said, when it finally did come out for Android, it was glitchy. It looked like I think Snapchat is the origin of like the Android phone memes, like the pictures, because the picture quality was so bad on, on Snapchat for Android compared to iPhone. And I think a lot of people that that was the perception was like, oh, look at them using it's not even framed right on your screen. Like <laughs> they send you a photo and it's got black bars at the top and bottom. It's like, oh boy, you know, androids. Yeah, I I don't know. Is I mean it was an interesting idea, I guess, but I don't know. I always see I never really had that problem because I was always behind the curve on any sort of like social media like thing. So when, you know, something came out that I couldn't participate in, I was just like, well, you know, that's, that's just how it is for me. I, I, you know, I I didn't even want to be a part of that. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. And that honestly, it, it had its time in my life, like where taking selfies and stuff was like, and I don't want to say I'm like above taking selfies or anything, but there was definitely a difference in the culture in college. And like now that I'm out of college, where if I'm just like ch- having a good time, like whipping out my phone and being like, at the camera, it's like, <laughs> well, we could also just skip that and just keep having a good time, you know? Um, sure. I'm, again, I want to say I'm like above selfies, like do whatever makes you happy, right? But it was just kind of a shift. And once I made that shift for me, I, Snapchat was just way less valuable. Appealing. Yeah. yeah. Um, even my Instagram stories are generally like more thought out. Like, even though it's like the easier thing to post on Instagram, I think we've talked about this before how Instagram has like this high bar for like content. You have to actually be posting something of substance if you want to get a good reaction on Instagram. Stories yes. are to a lesser extent, but still in that, they're still on Instagram. So you, no, you can't waste still, people's like, time. There's still some sort of curated thing, you know? There's gotta be some sort of theme to it or something. Exactly. I, I understand how that kind of, how that fits. Yes, I um, actually follow this uh, this uh, woman I went to college with, like at the same time, we didn't take any of the same classes, but she curates her Instagram story to always be doors, like various doors all over the world. Like she finds them on other posts and they're just like well-framed, colorful, interesting doors that like tell a story. Um, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And she does this nonstop. She's been doing it for like months at this point. And it's, it is so consistent. So I just look every day. I honestly don't, I don't, it's not like I'm looking at them like, Whoa, like doors but (laughs) but at the same time there's something interesting about like choosing that aesthetic and sticking with it and just always posting because i mean there's other stuff on there too but for the most part every time i click on her account i'm like ah that door is there's a door and that door is slightly (laughs) open (laughs) (laughs) yeah how do you decide to become door girl well how do you i mean we've been on the internet long enough now where i think people are figuring out they don't want to just represent their life you know, like I've like, I see a lot of times and again, I'm coming off so pretentious by talking like this, but like when people just take a photo, it's like four people, like we were in the same place at the same time, like people that see each other normally and just like take a group photo. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But for me, I'm like, eh, that doesn't have enough value for me to stop and like get the photo to post on Instagram. I'd rather just be with those people whose time I value, you know, um, I, I, 
Again, that's not putting down anyone who poses like that. And I've done it before, like two. That felt like the thing to do. But now I feel like we've been on Instagram enough time. It's like we've posted squad photos together before, boys. Like that's just um, if we're going to post something, let's plan it out and make it entertaining. Let's make it something that's worth looking at. Uh, because that's what we're doing on social media. I don't think that I have enough like clout where people just see my face and they're like, oh, yeah, there he is. I'm a smash <laughs> like on that. I, I don't think so. I think if I do, I think if I think it through and I do something that's funny or witty or interesting, then people will be like, oh, yeah, there it is. And smash like, <laughs> but that's how they'll say it no matter what. <laughs> right, right, right. That's how you browse through those things. <laughs> That's how that's how when you're in this bathroom stall, you can tell somebody else is on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear that. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> just like Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Instagram's so engaging. Like to see that. <laughs> oh man. So this is affable chat off script. <laughs> have we even have we even brought the show in yet? This is uh I don't know. So this is an episode we're doing um because it's the holidays. And it's tough to get all that content in and get it released on time. But we planned it out and we figured that <laughs> we had just enough time this week to record something, but maybe not enough time to really sink our teeth into a whole movie. Um, because we want every, you know, every time we do that, we really do take the time. We make sure yeah. that the movie that we're talking about, we know we have something to say, you know. Um, so this week we're just, we're just chatting. That's right. I did watch a movie yesterday. What'd you watch? I watched uh, The Game. But with uh by um David Fincher, it's got um Michael Douglas in it. The game. The game. The best way I can describe this movie is like this guy signs up for this service that pranks him in more in more and more elaborate ways until he basically goes insane. Is that uh? Can you? At the end, they're all just like, "It was just a prank, bro." (laughs) So it's the same way that we pitched Tim Allen's. Like the way he came up with his noise. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I mean, kind of. Not exactly. It's like this whole, uh, I don't know, it's interesting. I was reading something about it and they said like, David Fincher said it was supposed to be a modern day Scrooge tale of somebody like going through some sort of trial to um, become a better person. To stop being so greedy. Yeah, kind of. It was interesting. It was like, and the whole time you're just like, oh, I guess I don't understand what's going on. I mean, just imagine <laughs> just like every few minutes, you're like, like, what? Why? Why do they do that? And then it just, you know, keeps going. And at the end, they're like, gotcha, I guess. The, I did. Guess? At the very end, was it I was satisfying like, at least? I was kind of satisfied a little bit. See, the thing is, I mean, David Fincher, he also did seven and this came out after that. So I, there were some um, reviews that were like people were unsatisfied with this movie because it didn't have that kind of haunting feeling that you get from Seven. Well, Seven's epic. Like, it's, that's a yeah. tough act to follow. Right. To, to, you know, the ending of that just sits with you and you're just like, oh, oh, even though everything leads up to that, you know, it still feels like, like it feels wrong. Everything about it feels wrong. And then for this one, it all it's all tied up so nicely that it's like, I don't know. It's not quite as um, satisfying, I guess. It's not quite as as deep as you might want to think it is. I don't know. 
But I did at the very end. I was like, "Oh, wow!" Oh. I like. I was making. Oh, damn! Like, it sounds like you're on Instagram. Noises. <laughs> <laughs> I was on. Yeah, I was scrolling through Instagram at the same time. <laughs> Don't know if that was related or not. Well, anyway, I thought it was interesting. No, that's cool, and that's something I'm I'm trying to improve on. Um, because we watch movies so frequently for the podcast, like I rarely will sit down and just watch a movie for me. But now that we've done this for so long, like I. That's more fun than ever before is just sitting down and watching a movie just to watch it. Uh, yeah. So it is something I, I plan on doing, uh, especially because we have so many we want it, so many movies we want to do uh, coming up. Like, I don't remember who, I think it was, um, who was it? I was listening to Joe Rogan. And I started talking about Vice, the movie Vice. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Joe Rogan. Anyways, I want to see that movie again. Um, and also do a little more research so I can get some more historical context around. I just it. watched that recently, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, dude, Christian Bale is that dude. I love Christian Bale. But speaking of things I have been watching, uh, PewDiePie's taking a break. Do you hear about this? Do you hear he's quitting? Uh, he's quitting YouTube. Oh my gosh! What's, <laughs> what, so just context for anybody: like PewDiePie, number one YouTuber, <laughs> or well, number one independent creator on YouTube, has over a hundred million followers big if you don't know who he is like that's who he's he is. a big boy <laughs> big big boy on youtube he's been doing this every day for a really long time and uh he's also had a kind of troubled past with the way that media portrays him uh to the non-youtube audience basically uh just mainstream media's portrayal of who he is and how they generalize who he is and i saw this one he made a video about it today and or yeah today and i saw this on on Twitter this morning was because PewDiePie recently announced that in 2020, he's going to take a short break and he just wanted to let his audience know because he's going to like, he's doing it because he needs a break. They know he needs a break and he never takes breaks. So it's kind of a big deal. So he has to give them some time to adjust, I guess. I, I think it could actually be really tough for some people. They have to like brace themselves to not have PewDiePie every day, you know? I don't know. I think people will find something else to watch. It's, I mean, but people have that taken, emotional attachment. He's taken short breaks before, so right. And so, okay, yeah. And I, I'm getting off the message, which is the way the media portray him, because he just barely mentions it at the end of one of his videos. He's like, "By the way, I'm going to take a break. It's it'll be in 2020. Just so you guys know, that's coming up." And suddenly, uh, multiple sources come out saying PewDiePie is quitting. You like vlogger PewDiePie is quitting YouTube. <laughs> Announces he's quitting YouTube to heartbroken fans. Yeah, I saw those articles, and like as I hadn't been watching his videos, and so I saw those articles like a couple days ago. And I was like, "What? He's really quitting? I didn't think that would happen." And then you know, I went and watched the video, and I was like, "Oh, they're just they're just wrong." <laughs> yeah, they're just completely wrong. Um, and it, that's part of that. It, it, where did you see that article, by the way? Where was that? There was a whole bunch of them. There was one from Salon. I think one from Metro. Um, where are you getting, like, do you go to those websites or where are you No, at? I have this Google news feed thing on my phone. Interesting. That sucks up a lot of my time. So on my homepage, if you swipe to the left, it will just take you to a bunch of news articles. The top one right now says, the 30 most blistering lines from Donald Trump's unhinged letter to Nancy Pelosi. Oh my, that sounds like the biggest waste of time ever. Dude. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I would definitely read. No, it, like, I, maybe it's not, you know, that actually, like, that's the president doing that. But at this point, I'm just like, ugh, another Trump story, dude. I really want to do a video about the news and how, like, the language they use and stuff. One of the things I see them say all the time is, slams! 
slams. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nancy Pelosi slams Donald Trump. <laughs> it's like, no, she didn't. <laughs> she said something about him. Will Donald Trump survive anything. three minutes in the in the cage with Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> <laughs> Mitch McConnell blasts Democrats. Oh my God! These are literally what they say. It's a know? congressional smackdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's so ridiculous. And it's like, I mean, they'll use that in the title, but they'll also use it in the article too. And like the first few lines, they'll just be like, "and slams." So now I'm saying that every time I see it in an article or something, I just say it out loud. I say, "slams." <laughs> it's ridiculous. And it's like, ah, oh gosh, it, it it drives me nuts. It reminds me of that show Suits. You ever watch that show? No. But interestingly, I just learned this. But the 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 lead girl in that show is the. Is like uh, what's her name? Meghan Markle, who is like the queen or or like the princess oh, or something. Oh, yeah, that's her. That's the show she was from. Yeah, it was crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, that's the only thing I I didn't know specifically what show. I just knew she was from a TV show. I that know, was like it's her kind thing. Of, it's nuts. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, in suits, they would they would always talk in these like elaborate metaphors about how they would do stuff, and it would be like, "I'm gonna eat you alive," like, "I'm gonna rip you limb from limb," and it's like, like event, like you watch enough of the show, and you're like, I, "I can't stand this anymore." Like, the metaphors are just so out of hand, and of course, they're not actually gonna do any of those things. There's no like physical violence. It's all like, "I'm gonna do it with law. I'm gonna do it with you know." Uh, legalese and taking you to court and stuff like you're gonna be you know we're gonna strip you raw we're gonna rip the skin from your flesh we're gonna (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna gouge your eyes out with law terms it's just like okay i get it you know like i you guys are vicious criminals or vicious lawmen vicious fish in the sea but you're not it's just like i can't i can't uh comprehend uh, what you're actually going to do, because everything you say is just a elaborate exaggeration of the like legal, you know, bureaucracy you're going to send them through. It, it has nothing to do with what you're actually going to do. So it's like it just becomes confusing, you know. Like, what is worse, like uh, um, I'm going to murder you with, in cold blood, or I'm going to, you know, rip your hair out one, one follicle at a time? When they say both of those things, you know, which which one is actually worse? And like, uh, what context are we looking at here? It just becomes confusing, right? So and that's how back, I feel about the news. Right, right. So bringing that back to the headlines, it's like, okay, if if Nancy Pelosi truly slammed Trump today, and like. She also slammed him last week, and Mitch right. McConnell like suplexed, uh, you know, somebody <laughs> else. It's like, does any of this actually have any value? It's like, w- at what point? How will you ever grab my attention when something really happens? Right. Uh, it, it's the it's the repetition of these terms, but also the use of them to ad nauseum to the point where there's no there's no context anymore. So it just doesn't mean anything, and you know, suddenly your article starts to lose a lot of its a lot of its bluster well that's just the uh the, the mainstream media trying to stay relevant right that's what they have to 24 hour news cycle that's they have to tell you that mitch mcconnell is like the newest character in wwe because <laughs> otherwise you won't pay attention um so yeah actually well, or you won't click the on reason, the articles the reason i was getting at this the reason i was asking you where you were seeing these articles because i of course saw them on twitter um and i i was like obviously this is going to be twitter's like take on what PewDiePie said because 
PewDiePie is pretty good at, he's pretty eloquent. I think he's pretty good at, like, if he addresses you straight up about something, you'll probably come away actually understanding it the way it was in, intended to be understood, right? But when you put that message somewhere else, like Twitter, which is a very reductive platform, and you throw quotes on whatever he said, it could come out sounding awful, especially when you you know, quote tweet it and add something else that makes me look even worse. The reason I saw the article that said he was quitting YouTube was somebody quote tweeted and said, this could be like, make 2020 the year without Nazis. <laughs> that they quote tweeted PewDiePie quitting YouTube with that. And it's like, ah. <laughs> and the problem, and it's, I guess, like the way that Twitter works is when you say something, <laughs> who sees it? all of your followers. So who are your followers? People who agree with you. So immediately, I read through the comments, and I'm really bad about this. I knew it was going to make me so mad. So I, of course, <laughs> I spent so long reading all of it. Like, oh, no, all these idiots are wrong. These idiots <laughs> don't know anything. Like The way that they're talking, it's very clear to me that none of them have ever seen anything PewDiePie's made. They believe this narrative that he's this horrible, horrible guy and that he's irredeemable. So of course, this is good news to them like one comment some guy was like i don't even know this man and he got me a christmas present that was somebody's reaction to pewdiepie quitting youtube oh <laughs> you know like and it's like yeah you really don't know this man and like you can you can not like pewdiepie i'm not saying he's totally against uh like or above criticism but what i'm saying is the reason these people hate him is because of a narrative that is so false but also so clearly a narrative it's something that you can track back and be like here's the people who have motivation to like de-platform or you know discredit pewdiepie and this is what they're spe like spewing and here's you regurgitating that and like really looking in uninformed in the process it's ridiculous i mean it is it is ridiculous. And it's just a, um, I don't know, it's just a, a product of having a totally free, like, platform like Twitter, right? Yes. Is that anyone anyone can uh, spout in a an opinion, and that opinion can be, trans, you know, duplicated ad nauseum until it becomes something true in a way. Yeah, true in a way for sure. Well, it's also, like... It's such, like, and I, I love this word. I definitely learned this word this year, but like, it's so reductive um, on Twitter. It's I, I won't even engage in an argument on Twitter. It's not worth it. Like, if it, if it's a like, whether it's arguing with opposing fans of a team, a football team, or someone who disagrees with you politically, it's like there is zero percent chance that I'm going to change someone's mind on Twitter. There's no way yeah. that my reply is going to do anything besides give them an opportunity to say something like in response that like we just go back and forth so i just a lot of times don't even say anything like obviously in a you know a thread full of randoms like that i'm not going to say anything but even my own just like daily tweets a lot of times i'm like eh, that even if it's just a my if, even if my take is a little bit spicy like if it's about politics or like somebody controversial i'm like does it really have to be said on twitter is that really where I need to be expressing myself? Where somebody can come back years from now and quote me out of out of context and be like, "This guy is actually much worse than you thought." Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. I like first of all, yes. I my policy is just don't post on Twitter. But secondly, um, I don't know. I don't completely agree with that sentiment because I think although you can't, there's no reason to think that you will be able to change a specific person's mind laying out your argument i think does have value 
So even if they're like at the end, they're just like, yeah, you're wrong and dumb. You're you know nitpicky and stupid. Bye bye. I win. Like if you have if you lay out your argument in detail about why you think a certain way, someone else may read that and be swayed in some other way. I do that on Reddit all the time. If someone has some, you know, somebody was complaining about Ex Machina and saying it was a it was a terrible movie. I laid out why I thought it was good. He was not convinced. I felt like I did my job though, because anyone who comes through here sees someone defending Ex Machina and not letting it stand. You know, that yeah. that's I, all I'm doing is, you know, I'm not. I don't think I'm taking away anything from that. All I'm doing is adding another opinion, and maybe that's enough to change someone else's mind. And I don't care about the person I'm actually talking to. I'm just using them to boost my own thoughts. Well, I actually, I'm glad you said that because I'm really thankful for people like you because that is what I'm looking for when I'm reading those those responses. As much as I love to make myself angry on Twitter, which I think is definitely by design. I think Twitter wants you to get mad. But also- Oh yeah, that's how you share things. You only share things when you're angry. Exactly. It's, it's engagement. But- I am looking for some sanity. That is what I, 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 that's what I, at least I tell myself I'm looking for is somebody in there <laughs> who's going, whoa, 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 this is completely wrong. You guys are all sheep. Here's why you're wrong. And of course they get demolished replies to that. We're like, oh, look at this guy totally like supporting the Nazi. Like, I can't believe you've done this, but it's, he's the one who's telling the truth. So I guess at, at a certain point, it's like, I just lose motivation to participate in the battle you know because then I, I could just be fighting battles all day and and i just don't know if that's worth my time well but, you just gotta pick your battles right but no you're like, totally right reddit i think is a better place to pick your battles in general um but you're right it, it there's it there's absolutely not like zero reason to engage if the situation calls for it i just think a lot of the times the situations that i'm encountering don't call for it. But like, yes. not, not only does sometimes like the, the opposition is just totally fighting a straw man that I, I don't even have to try to stand up for, but also sometimes both sides are just wrong. I don't want to be a part of either <laughs> one, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, especially in something like the PewDiePie thing, like it's so hard. Like it, it requires so much work just to explain like where, like what he's trying to say, I guess. I, I I agree with you that he can tend to be he can be eloquent, but I also feel like it's pretty easy for it was pretty easy for the Wall Street Journal to come up with that, you know, with that hit piece. It's there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence if you're willing to ignore certain other ones in favor of the other thing. Yes, and the, the Wall Street Journal hit piece you're talking about is a little bit old at this point. Um, I I would argue that. <laughs> That one is definitely a little easier to foresee than what happened today, where PewDiePie barely mentioned that he's going to take, he's very clearly even defined that he's going to take a short break. And then everyone is like, former racist PewDiePie retires <laughs> from YouTube. <laughs> that's just, I mean, I mean, that's how they get clicks, right? And it is. His no, face really is, is very clickable. So they, they know that. Well, and they want to, they can just write an article about nothing. And that's how it works. Well, I love that they also said it's like, um, they also, the way that they frame him, they're like, former racist who made $25 million on YouTube quits right. YouTube because he's tired. And so, the, like, the he even brought this up in his video where, like, the boomers are like, oh, I work, my job is hard and I don't make $25 million. You don't see me taking a break. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, I was like, you know what? That actually is a pretty good engagement strategy. You're, you take somebody who boomers would never engage with, PewDiePie, turn him into something that's 
easily hateable without necessarily being untrue or even really that harmful. Does it matter if boomers like or hate PewDiePie? Really, not really. Uh, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't it doesn't actually affect anything. So they can be like, aha, responsible, irresponsible journalism. Like I'm lying kind of, but I'm not really hurting anybody who really, you know, it's okay if PewDiePie has a little bit of backlash from the boomers. That's that's a gray area. That's fine. Yeah, that's 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 a sacrifice that I'm willing to make. <laughs> Dude, Lord Farquaad, I've never stopped thinking about when Lord Farquaad proved just how selfless he was when he had a tournament for the Knights and to find out who was... Some of you may die. But that is, a, that, that is a sacrifice that I am willing to make. Like, oh my God, a, sh- a true short king, Lord Farquaad. How can we ever repay our debt to this man? I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well... I want to complain about another movie that I recently watched. Okay. I go see movies all the time. I go to there's a movie theater like within walking distance of my apartment, and I go to the movies almost every week. Okay. And um, yeah, it's usually pretty good actually. The other week though, I went to go see Knives Out, Ryan Johnson's new film. Have you seen the trailers for that? Um, I maybe. What's it? Who's in it? Daniel Craig is in it, and that guy from um. I'm Googling it right now. From uh, sorry to bother you. What's his name? Oh, um, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I've seen the commercials for this. Yeah, the Le- the Le- Keith is that how you say? Like Keith Stanfield. Anyway, so that's also got uh Chris Evans and um. Michael Shannon, Christopher Plummer, yeah, yeah, yeah. a bunch of other people. I, I remember the, the way the commercial pitches it. It's like all these other characters, and it's like, oh, and also Chris Evans. Like, he, like, shows up, and it's like, oh, like, this is what he's doing now that he's not Captain America anymore. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's so funny. Um, I Like, I was actually really looking forward to this movie. I really wanted to see it because I, I thought the trailers looked great. I like Ryan Johnson for the most part. I guess I didn't really like the last Jedi, but I did like Brick, his first movie with George and Gordon Levitt, which is like this really artsy, like new, like newer um, detective film set in a high school. It's pretty weird, hmm. but it's interesting. Um, so this was like a big budget, like kind of clue type movie, right? Definitely Where, got like, some clue all, vibes. Definitely. Yeah. Like you don't know like, who done it. Uh, you got all these people, all these you know characters. They all have motivation, and we got this one detective, Sherlock Holmes like guy who's very eccentric. That's Chris Evans, right? No, no, <laughs> Stano, that's Daniel Craig. Oh, that's right. Chris no, Evans that's is right. The, yeah. Daniel Craig, Chris Evans is the grandson of who everyone hates. Um, so yeah, Daniel Craig is like, oh, I'm gonna figure this out because I'm a super smart detective, and then you know you're like going through the story, and you're like, who did it? And you have to find out all these different things and how all these people are connected and stuff. So yeah, I was really looking forward to it, but I didn't like it at all. I thought it was kind of dumb. Hmm. Do you, do you want me to spoil it for you? <sighs> kind of not, because then we have to put a spoiler <laughs> warning on the podcast. Fine, I won't spoil it. The point for you. The off script is supposed to be no prerequisites. <laughs> fine, fine. All our other I, I won't spoil have... it for you. All I'll say <laughs> is that about halfway through the movie, they kind of tell you what happened. Okay. And. You're, and then at that point, I am like, am I supposed to keep trying to wonder what's going on? Obviously, this is a mystery movie, so there's going to be another twist at the end, right? But like, like the 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 setting of the house goes away. The 
you know, the mystery of like, like what happened is kind of resolved and you're just kind of like, oh, I guess, um, I guess this is done. Anyway, it's, it's, it was disappointing and I was, um, not exactly thrilled with it. Thought it was, I thought there were some things that they, they did pretty poorly and, um, gosh, it's just a, uh, it's interesting. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's hard for me to comment on because obviously I haven't seen it. Um, so, but I have seen Murder on the Orient Express and read some Agatha Christie books, which yes. is kind of like the same realm. And I, I love <laughs> the way that she reveals the the mystery. Um, and I mean, it, I'm sure it's different. And I, I've only seen, I've only read those two, and also seen the movie Murder on the Orient Express. Um, but that's a classic whodunit. So maybe if you're if you're unsatisfied, maybe give old Agatha uh, a bit of your time because I think it might yeah maybe could, I should could be more worth it. Did you see the movie Murder on the Orient Express? Yes, I did with Kenneth Branagh. Yes, well, it had a lot of big names in it. I actually yeah Daisy Ridley was Daisy in it too. Ridley. Yep, that was I think the first thing I saw her in that wasn't Star Wars. Um, yeah, I did see it. I thought I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I liked it too. Um, Agatha Christie is a great uh, author as well. Um, I read that in book club, of course. I know, I know, you were like on the edge of your seats, like, oh man, this guy sounds, this guy sounds well read. Like Agatha, he totally just remembered Agatha Christie off the top of his head. Definitely didn't Google murder on the Orient Express on his phone. So it's like, <laughs> and you're right on all accounts. I can tell you're impressed, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I like the genre, I guess, but I, I wonder how quickly it runs out of gimmicks. I don't know, like how many different ways can you tell the story. Um, without being sort of similar and i think trying to reveal it in the middle while it sounds counterintuitive at least sounds different yeah i mean definitely made me start thinking that i was supposed to stop being a detective you know like i was like i was stopped trying to figure out what was going on but it was i mean it was confusing because at the beginning right they're they're talking to each of the of the kids um and each of them kind of has their own um motivation for killing the father and then, like, they're lying. They're lying to the um, detective. But you get to see what actually happened. But there is this moment where, um, like, the daughter, the daughter-in-law is standing right next to the, um, the dad uh, as the cake comes down. And, like, the, all the candles are on it and everything. And he's about to start, they're singing happy birthday. Um, and he's about to blow it out. And then that same shot is taken again. But this time with, instead of the daughter-in-law being there, it's the, the son that's there. So it's like, oh, is this like, are the memories being corroded? Like, is this an unreliable narrator story? Like, not only are we not seeing, not, all, not only are they lying, but are we not even be able to say that they are saying what really happened in their own heads? You know, is everything kind of mixed up? But uh, it just didn't really come back and never really like panned out from there. No, well, like I said, I haven't <laughs> seen it. So it's hard for me to comment on. <laughs> Fine. But um, no, I, I, I um, I don't know. I, I think that's commendable that you do spend so much time at the cinema. Cinema, something that I wish I could get myself to do because I feel like if I focused on it, I could do it. You know, I do enjoy a trip to the cinema, especially because I live down the street from a, a mall that has been failing for years. Um, so you know that there's no one at that movie theater. It's like a yes. private screening every time I go, which is kind of nice. I try to go early in the morning so that I can. Um you know, I can beat a lot of the crowds and stuff, which is sometimes works, but sometimes you get people that whisper and or <laughs> chew popcorn loud. It's pretty annoying. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, um, everything there's to know about a movie theater since you used to work at one. 
So that's right. Do you ever? I, I'm I'm a, a little bit surprised that doesn't make you resistant. You're like I can watch it at home. Like I've spent enough time at the theater. I can I can I can watch this that in my living was, room. What's surprising is that I like the movie going experience didn't never really lost its magic for me, even when I was working there. I became a little bit more bitter when I was working there because when I would go see a movie because I felt like I had earned it as more so you know because it's like I work here and so I get to see a movie so if my experience is bad I'm gonna have an extra bad time <laughs> so yeah, that, that yeah that I feel like working there made me a little bit more um like a little less uh what's it like tolerant of other people but <laughs> it also it also made me I feel like smarter too because you know I I try to go before the prices rise in the morning I just you know it just sounds like like how I was radicalized well Yes. I got a job at the movie theater. <laughs> and when I finished, I just didn't really like people anymore. It's so interesting because, like, on one hand, you have a lot more empathy. Like, if you work in retail, you have a lot more empathy for the people that work there. Yes. And you feel, and I feel like you have a lot less empathy for the people that come, like the patrons. <laughs> yes. Oh, so much. For, like, the common person. You're just like, I don't know if I really believe that humans are inherently good anymore you know like that kind of <laughs> that kind of ideology just is not sustainable in today's world oh my gosh i i won't take it that far but i will say that i definitely felt a little bit more for the workers and also like as a customer yeah you can expect some like you want to be able to expect excellent service and like when you go to participate in a financial exchange you know some dignity, some, some manners, that's all good stuff, but like, don't expect to be treated like royalty. Don't, don't like these people who are bringing you your food or or maybe fetching the shoes out the back of the, of the, you know, uh, the bowling store or even the bowling alley. These people are (laughs) not, these people don't really owe you anything. Okay. This this is their job. They're doing it because they have to get paid, but you don't have to act like you have some sort of power over them or be rude just because they're working and you're not you know nobody would love like once you're in that position you realize it's like oh god like we should all just be nice to each other that's it shouldn't be that hard you know i always it always makes me so uncomfortable when people do get like frustrated with a waiter or waitress and it's like yeah maybe it has been a little bit slower maybe she did get an order wrong or you know but usually it's it's got to take something pretty bad for me something that i can tell was like malice intent for me to turn that into something like a worse day for them yeah well it's, i think it's just people not thinking of them as people you know yes you think of yes. them as the machine that i need to interact with to get the thing that i need yes and when it screws up then you feel frustrated because the machine didn't function properly it comes from it comes from ignorance really you don't re- i think that people just don't realize what they're doing yeah i think that's a big part of it I don't think they really, yeah, I think it's just like lack of self-awareness. So it's just like, um, I I don't know, some other countries I know uh, have like a military requirement. I think Korea has one, South Korea, where you like Mm -hmm. have to serve in the military for like two years uh, for like on your way to adulthood. And like everyone in the country shares that common experience of having served in the military at the same time. In America, we don't necessarily have to do that. We could just be like, you have to be in the service industry for two years. Like, you have to work <laughs> at the mall or like at a restaurant for two years, and then you can like finish your degree and like get a good job that like doesn't suck. And that way, when you go to a store and spend that hard-earned money you've got, you you are a little bit more aware. And uh, I know it's been a valuable experience for me. I, after working in the mall, I was like, all right. 
You gotta be. It's not that I was like being a dick before, but I was like, I, I, I hope that I can make it someone's like day a little bit better if they have yeah. to engage with me because I'm like buying pants at the mall. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I I like that idea of, you know, some sort of enforced empathy in a way. Yeah, it's like I I don't even know if it like in, <laughs> I guess it's naturally enforced if you just empathize, right? Like you just you realize that the <laughs> right. person who's there is a person and they're not just your you know, uh, a machine, they're not amazon.com in a human form, then you'll just naturally be a little bit nicer. At least I hope. Yeah. I actually had, okay. So let me tell you my experience with some retail people recently. Um, so back when I lived in North Carolina, there was a Jersey Mike's that I went to like twice a week and I had to limit myself to going there like twice a week because first of all, it's expensive. But second of all, like I just really like their sandwiches. But I also like just would spend so much money like going there and eventually would get sick of it. So eventually, you know, after I don't know how many times I went there, the people there started to recognize me and they like got this whole and and at the very end of the, the counter, they have like this rewards program or something. And they're like, wait, like they, I said, I don't have a phone number or whatever. And she's like, oh, you don't have a phone number? As many times as you come in here, you don't have a phone number? And I was just like. <laughs> I was, I turned so red. I was so embarrassed. And it's like, I don't know. Like I like just being called out in that way. Like I, I she didn't mean it in a mean way, but just like, she like made it very clear. Whether you liked that, it or like, hated it. Like she was spitting straight facts. She was like, Oh, I recognize you and you come in here all the time. Like, and I know I wasn't the person that I like, she didn't get my order right every time. Like she sometimes would try to guess. So I knew that like there were other people that came in way more frequently than I did. Like maybe every, every day, but for me, because I would change my order every occasionally, I was always kind of throwing her through a loop. But recently, I've been going to the Jersey Mike's that's near my apartment here uh, for lunch. And uh, I know a couple of the people recognize because I'll order my sandwich online and I'll come in and they'll just give it to me. And this time I walked in and I was literally in the store for like 10 seconds. I walked in. The, there's, there's this guy there. He's, he's like the most charismatic person I've ever met in my life. And he just walks over there and he's always saying like, hello and like happy and whatever and stuff. He doesn't say a word. He just goes, he walks over from where he's standing, grabs the, uh, the sandwich bag and hands it to me. And I'm like, wow, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful. It was just a wonderful experience. And I like grabbed my chips and, and left. And I was, it's like, this is the smoothest it's ever been. This is how it should always be. The, you know? Yeah. The benefits of being a regular. You're, it's like, you're a regular, dude. Yeah, and I didn't even have to get called out on it. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's, being a regular is a, a badge of honor. You should be proud of your status as a regular. I've been a regular before. The uh, Sahara on Main in Columbia, South Carolina, yes. right there on Main Street. Every Tuesday, dude, Euro special. Me and Corey nice. would march in there. Oh, uh, you guys again? Go ahead, seat yourself. And we wouldn't even have to get a menu. They would just... Same Dang. same thing again. <laughs> and and here's why. Because we went every Tuesday of like the semester, right? So whenever school right. was in, we went on Tuesdays every week for two years straight. Like oh my almost God. never missed. <laughs> because it's a five dollar euro special, dude. Like that was right exactly where my lunch budget was at. So <laughs> we were in the you have to think about it. There's plenty of things you have to think about as an undergrad. That was just one less thing. On Tuesdays, we were eating Euros at Sahara on Maine. And you know how I said it was one less thing not to have to think about what we're going to eat? Well, I didn't even have to think about the menu. You know what I'm saying? I just sat down. <laughs> boom. Euro special. Euro. So that's, uh, and that's it was pretty nice. sweet. Like we got to know the waitress and like, so, you know, 
I, I know how you feel. I can I can relate. No shame from me though. We were yeah. <laughs> Corey and I were proud of our status as uh, <laughs> as regulars. <laughs> no, it's it's nice. It can be nice. I when I was um that yeah in college there was an omelet bar in downstairs of the uh, student union uh-huh. and the guy down there recognize would recognize me because I would always go there Mondays and Wednesdays right right after a chemistry class. This is and um and yeah he would he would get my stuff ready before other people in line like I as soon as I got in line he would like skip over them to start getting mine ready so that I was ready when I got up there it was awesome <laughs> it was really great this has got to be like somewhat of a normal phenomenon for people who've worked in the food industry right like the- yeah well I think that's part of it you know it's like when you when you do the same job over and over again especially if you're in like retail you're really kind of like you're like you're really kind of delivering a service right and you want that service to go smoothly and you want that to be done well because it's satisfying when people are satisfied with your products right yeah so like if you have the opportunity to kind of go above and beyond in that way and like recognize people build a rapport with them and then anticipate what their needs like that is so satisfying because you see the gratification on their faces and it makes them more willing to come back in the future the Grand Budapest Hotel, dude. Look no further right. than the Grand right. Budapest Hotel. Like excellent service is definitely uh, attractive. It's something that people enjoy just being a part of the process. I actually talked about this on that same episode I was rep- referencing before. I went to get my oil change, and the like the dudes there were like so nice and polite, and just made the whole process of something I hate doing. I hate getting my oil changed. I hate doing car maintenance. It sucks. I'm like, oh, it's like going, you know what I'm saying? It's like any, it's not fun. So when I went through that and the guys just were supremely nice and just made the whole experience good. I mean, it wasn't that good. I feel like talking about it twice on the podcast and maybe giving them too much credit. But what I'm, what I'm getting at <laughs> is that good customer service does go a long way. Like um, we live in a society, of course, I have to say that. Uh, but we, we have to engage in these capitalist exchanges but why not make it pleasant? Why not be that per- like a nice person and walk away with both of you feeling better? There's always like that extra element of people, you know, like that, that people can deliver, right? They're not just like something, a, a delivery method for your stuff. It's a, there's a human behind there and a whole story there too. And like getting to that and recognizing that is something so gratifying. I, on the other hand, there's this place uh, also near me uh, called the beer barn, or as I like to call it, the Burburn. <laughs> Is that how you pronounce it when you leave? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I um, it, it has like an amazing selection of beer. There's just so much in there, stuff that you've never seen before, stuff that you have seen before. Tons of these displays, beer stacked to the ceiling. It's super deep in the uh, in like the store. The service there is terrible. <laughs> there's like usually just two guys right and they usually just sit there and watch tv until i'm ready to go up there and get my beer they have two two registers only one of them sells alcohol the other one only sells lottery tickets (laughs) i I think that might be awesome this might be some sort of pennsylvania law i'm not sure because they're very stingy about the way they sell beer in pennsylvania but it's it's so it's so weird because they like they'll be nice to me and everything i'll smile at them and try and like say stuff but they won't say hey welcome to the beer barn and they won't say hey like need any help with that and they won't like try to engage with you in any sort of way they like say the minimum amount and they're usually like one eye in on the tv one guy was cackling at a uh, big bang theory today oh That's no 
but usually they're watching football or some other thing that's on t- whatever's on TV, and it's just like, all right, like. <laughs> Listen, man. The bare minimum, I guess. I mean, I guess I keep going there, so I keep rewarding the service, but... Dude, in an increasingly automated world, soft skills are becoming more and more valuable. That's right. If your bartender can't even strike up a conversation with you, what, why do you even need him, man? Just get a robot bartender. <laughs> yeah, he probably has some canned responses, you know? Yeah. <laughs> why the long face? What'll it be, Jack? Like... <laughs> Why the long face is a good one, too. The usual, please. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you're a regular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has that ability. He's very he's very, he's very, very perceptive. Oh, let me tell you about this. Okay, here's another beer st- buying story. So there was this, uh, there, there's this uh, grocery store I go to um, that they have two different registers, one for food and whatever else, and one that only sells, like, alcohol. And you can't buy alcohol at the food registers. Like they'll just send you to the other one. The other, the thing is though, that the, the alcohol register is on the other side of like the doors to exit. Like you have to walk past the exit to go to the other register. Like, so you're going to, you're, so, you're forcing you to backtrack. It's forcing you to backtrack, but it's, it's more than that. It's like incentivizing you to steal because <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> It would be faster just to go to your car than to go to the other register and have to pay for it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, those kind of laws are so archaic. Like, who are you really stopping? Who's the guy who's like, you know what? I'm going to quit drinking today. I'm just tired of walking to the other register. This is the reason why I'm quitting alcohol. <laughs> it must be have something to do with, like, the people in that register are trained differently or something. But I don't know. I don't know if that's really what it is. It's so, it's so very strange, Every- especially since nowadays they can have systems that just scan your license so you don't even have to really, like, check it. For like it being real, I feel like the scanning thing would like there's no way a fake ID would ever pass that kind of test. I've heard of you know ones that scan, but oh really? Well, I just what I've heard. I mean, obviously, I I have no experience in fake IDs. Um, neither does do any of the college kids that I went to school with. None of us know anything about fake IDs. But we heard word, <laughs> even though none of us knew anything about it. Some of us knew that there were ones that allegedly could scan. So, really? That's news to me. And you had to pay extra for those. Of course, I wouldn't know that. Right. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> Although, okay, here's one thing, though. I was So one day I was walking into that grocery store and I, um, I went to go get my cart and there was this guy who I didn't see from the parking lot who was all, dressed in all black and he had like a, a black beanie on and everything. And he was just standing there behind the pillar next to the carts. And, you know, he surprised me when I walked around the corner and he like kind of like shuffled away a little bit. So then I was like, okay, that's weird. And I went inside and started, you know, packing up my, my produce. And then what would I see to my wandering, what would appear to my wandering eye, but this man in black steps into the, into the grocery store through those doors, grabs as many tall boys as he can carry and steps right back out. And I'm like, what? What just happened? He, <laughs> sounds like he uh, robbed the place. <laughs> he did. And so I went and told somebody. I went and talked to the guy at the alcohol register and said, hey, I just saw someone steal something. And he was like, okay. <laughs> it's not even, he wasn't even like, oh, let me tell my manager. Like, oh, we have a procedure for this. Or like, oh, are you okay? Or anything like that. You're just like, yeah. Um, Neither was he like, oh, this happens all the time. He was just like, okay, like. Like I was coming over to him over there to harass him with a boring story. Like, 
Oh, that's it? That's it? That's what you're telling Somebody me? Somebody was stealing from us? Yeah, okay. You just looked very uncomfortable. And I was uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so did the guy just go back to being posted up right outside by this Yeah, he didn't do anything. Tall boy? Uh, that, that guy outside, I don't know. I didn't see him when I walked out, so. Yeah, he must have bolted. Probably a good Probably. move after stealing from the store. I mean, it was set up for him, you know? It was very easy to do that. Um. Okay, well, you hear that, listeners? <laughs> you want some free tall boys. <laughs> It's not that hard. There were cameras and everything, so it wasn't like he was concealing his face that well. Well, if you see this man, actually, I'm, I'm going to switch gears here. If you see this man, make sure you send us an email letting us know where he is, <laughs> and we will contact the authorities. <laughs> That's right. I've given a very detailed description. Thank you. Yeah, or, or tweet at us or on our Instagram, at AffableChat on both uh, platforms. If you see this man, uh, if you believe in justice... You know where to. You know who to call. You know who to contact. That's right. Which actually, you can call us also. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Eight three three six hundred two four two eight. That's right. Eight three three six hundred chat. That's call right. Us anytime. Call us if you see this man and report him, <laughs> so that we can set the authorities like onto this man. Okay. This is the proper protocol. This will not stand. Okay. Here we here at Apple Chat, we stand for justice, and. Uh, and we'll get we'll we'll get this man. That's in twenty twenty. That's, right. that's our goal. <laughs> to get this man. To get this man. Uh but hold on, going back to the alcohol laws, uh they're weird everywhere, man. I feel like at some point those will all get like shaken out. That's like an easy we'll give you this one for like you know, like to gain popularity. It's like if mm. you're a new candidate and you want to be like the guy, you're like, I'll get rid of our weird alcohol laws because guess what? Everybody likes alcohol, like conservatives and liberals. Like we can all get behind. Yeah, but the but the argument is so easy to say like, you know, no, like it's not safe. That's what the argument is now. Yeah, but I feel like some of them just don't stand up. You know, eventually people will be like, why is this law? Like for instance, when I was living in Oklahoma, they used to have low point uh, beer, low alcohol percentage beer. So if you sold beer cold in your store, it had to be 3% or less alcohol. Okay. So it's like basically a watered down version, but you can also sell it not refrigerated and you can sell it at the, at room temperature. So it's like a very common thing. You show up, like you grab a, uh, a rack, a 30 rack, because that's the the quantity size they sold there, 30 instead of 24. Um, you bring it to the, the party and you're like, hey, I brought beer. Where's your freezer? Let me throw these in there right quick so that we can drink some beer because these are warm because that's how they had to sell it to me because I didn't want to buy low point alcohol beer. Uh, yeah, that's very confusing. It, that doesn't make any sense at all. Well, like, is that, how is that going to stop people from buying I guess it's going to stop them from drinking it right away because <laughs> Exactly. Cold? That's my whole argument. Is this t- Who came up with this? It's the same thing here in South Carolina where some counties are dry on Sunday. Guess what happens yeah. when you try to buy alcohol in those counties? They tell you uh, the, that county over there isn't dry on Sundays, so you can go buy it there. So that's where I go <laughs> buy it. It's just less convenient for me and for the business that happens to exist in a county that can't sell alcohol that day. They lose out on my sale. In fact, they're just lobbing the sale to somebody else. That's yeah. bizarre, right? So it's I, I feel like those laws will get shaken out eventually. People will be like, okay, what are we even doing here? I love drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. The safety thing is like a, I mean, it, it just trumps everything else, you know? I wonder who's like, I wonder who, I wonder who's like lobbying for those, you know? 
Like who ha- who stands to gain from those laws? For uh, like preventing alcohol sales? Yeah. I mean, I would probably say like evangelicals or like religious people maybe. They're trying to like it's like a, a wonder, sin to get drunk, so that's the thing they're trying to stop. I wonder if like the tobacco industry has anything to do with that. But they're like people need their need time to smoke. They need to stop being drunk all the time so they no, can smoke. No, like people like if they can't buy alcohol, then they'll buy cigarettes instead. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. So I don't know. It just seems they seem so backwards to me, and plenty of adults also don't like them. You know, like I don't know. Yeah. I understand, like, did you hear recently that the tobacco law is going to go up to 21? No, that's interesting. Yeah, like, it's in the new bill that the uh, Congress just passed. Like, they're, it's, like, included in, like, the funding bill or something. I'm, full disclosure, not a political expert here, so everything I'm saying is questionable. But uh, I heard on NPR that they're raising the minimum age to sell alcohol to 21. I'm sorry, uh, tobacco to 21, which I think is a great idea. And also, yes. I can't wait to point and laugh at the 18, 19, and 20-year-olds who now have to wait till they're 21. Because I know when I turned 18, I was like, all right, time to go buy tobacco. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, didn't, even, I didn't even smoke cigarettes. I just, like, bought a cigar. But I was like, I'm doing this because I can. And, like... I remember buying my first lighter and <laughs> this lady was like, I'm going to need to see that ID if you want to flick this Bic. <laughs> I was like, really? Yes. I was like, okay, first off, weird way to say that, but also like maybe this is what adults talk about, you know, like now that I'm an adult, now that I'm 18. Now that you're an adult, you flick that Bic I all flick, the time. Yeah, I flick that Bic. Me and the lady at the gas station, we're flicking Bics together, you know, like this is just how adults. <laughs> I'm flicking her, she's flicking mine. <laughs> yeah. We're calling people from the street, hey, come over here, come flick this Bic with me, you know, it's... <laughs> And it's, it's just, uh, it was a great way to be introduced into being a full adult. Uh, but I'm actually being totally facetious. You're not a full adult when you're 18. So I'm okay with them losing the right to like get a head start on lung cancer, um, by cutting that off or not cutting it off, but pushing it back. That see that to me seems, um, like a responsible choice, but I'm also advocating for less regulation around alcohol. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's plenty of regulations that are standardized, but some weird ones still exist and like, we'll get them. We'll get them out of the way soon enough. (laughs) We'll get them. You don't, you don't, you don't worry. We're going to get those regulations, round them up, take them down. (laughs) I'm surprised that like, you know, the big beer companies, like big booze hasn't done more to like remove these, uh, I don't think it stops people from buying alcohol. That's the thing. (laughs) Yeah. You're definitely right. It doesn't. Like, like they probably see their their sales spike on Saturdays, and they're like, "I wonder why that is." Oh, that's right. We have all those weird laws in place, and people just buy extra more than they need. Well, also in South Carolina, the uh, they close at seven. Like right. all well, the liquor stores, li- yeah, liquor stores close at seven. Right? right, you can still get wine and beer at the grocery store, but like, yeah, if you want to go to the liquor store, it closes at seven. So it just honestly creates like very reasonable hours for alcohol or for liquor uh store owners yes <laughs> like sick hang go home <laughs> i don't have to stay open i was i was thinking about working at that liquor store on your campus oh really a part-time job ju- simply because the hours were so good yeah you get off yeah. work you have time to go you can go downtown straight from yeah work. i mean even if you have to stay there an extra two hours to do like cleanup or inventory or something like that like it wouldn't it wouldn't you'd be home at like nine it'd be a perfect that actually is not a bad idea. Okay. See, that one I don't <laughs> I, I can see, I see it now in a different light. Because I, as the consumer, don't really love it. But eh, I can make it. I can make time between work and seven to, yeah. to get some booze. I I'll work it out. If that means that the people who own the stores have a slightly better life, I'm uh, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Oh so. that's nice for you. 
Um, we are coming up on an hour here, and that's about as long as I was looking at going. I got one more story for you, right? Okay, uh, go ahead. This is actually a good one. <laughs> this is actually a good one? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so recently um, I was sitting in my, my boss's, my manager's office, and I had some paper and some free time. So, of course, I folded myself a little dragon as well as some other things. Origami style? Yeah. I am I love origami. I've recently gotten more into it. I watched this cool video on YouTube, like this guy did, he's like a physicist or something, did the 11 levels of origami or something, and it was just fascinating. It's so crazy, the stuff that they can make. And I really wanted to get more into it. But um, anyway, so I make this little dragon, and I make a bunch of different things for him because I'm sitting in his office for a long time. I just have to wait. And I have it for him. He's like, oh, you know, that's cute. Eventually, though, a couple, like, I guess a couple months later, the HR manager comes in and he's like, hey, that's a cool little dragon. I want a bigger one. And Ooh. I'm like, okay, get me a bigger piece of paper. Like, what's the biggest piece of paper you could find? That's all I require. And then I'll make you your bigger dragon. So he gets, to, you know, like not even that long, like maybe, a, you know, a couple minutes later, I'm in my cube and there's a giant piece of paper with a sticky note on it and says, make this into a dragon. So I take, I take the paper. It takes me a long time to get it folded because the bigger it is, the harder it gets to like get the folds just right, you know, especially Wait, sorry, sorry. How big is this piece of paper? This paper is 36 inches by 48 inches. No, no, no. Sorry. 32 inches by 48 inches. So, uh, no, wait, is that right? No, I think it's actually smaller than that. I think it was only 25 inches long or wide. So it, uh, it was, it was much bigger than like a standard, you know, 11 by eight. Um, and the that- biggest square I could make was 25 by 25. Okay. Yeah. So it was, I mean, I mean, you can imagine it's pretty big, right? Like 25 inches by 25 inches is like, you know, that's, that's not how big the dragon was. Dragon's probably about a foot tall, but I mean, that's pretty big. Anyway. So I give this, this big dragon to, uh, the HR manager and he's like, oh, this is awesome. And then later, you know, later that week I go in and I see my manager again. I'm like, oh, did you see the, the the uh the dragon that i made for for him and he's like yeah i don't want to talk about it what <laughs> he's like yeah i saw it but i like you like he's like he's not really upset but he's like ah, i'm i'm like i can't believe you made him a bigger dragon i need a bigger <laughs> dragon than that and I'm, so i'm like okay well get me a big piece of paper and he says no i want you to find me a big piece of paper and he gives me twenty dollars to find a big piece of paper <laughs> So that night I go online and I'm like looking for paper and I learn all about different types of paper, all the different like thicknesses and like they're they're different weights that indicate like what kind of thickness they are and like the quality they are for folding and all this stuff. So I go to like Staples and Office Office Max because I think like, okay, they're going to have like posters and stuff, right? So they'll have big pieces of paper. Wait, wait, wait. You said Staples and Office Max? Is that two places? Two different places, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought maybe Office they Depot and Office Max are now one place. I know yeah. that's even more confusing, but so yeah, to stay relevant, they're like conjoined. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, people got them confused anyway. So, so, uh, so I go to those websites. I go to like the UPS store, like uh, anything I can think of that sells like big pieces of paper. But the biggest they had was like thirty six. Excuse me. The biggest they had was like thirty six by forty eight, which is I was like, I bet you I can do bigger than that. So I kept looking and I eventually found that they sell rolls of paper in like, you know, really, really like 48 inches tall while being, you know, like a hundred feet 
wide, just rolled up into a, like a big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I find one for like $20 on Amazon and what? I get it delivered to me. It's sitting right over there. Wait, how, the long, how long, how much, how many feet of paper does $20 get you when it's that kind of width? A hundred feet. What? I have a hundred feet. Oh my gosh. Uh, and this is like good for thin, folding or something? Like what are the qualities of this paper? It's like, it's like, it's very, it's like almost translucent. Like you can see through it. Which is oh, really wow. nice when you're folding stuff. It's it's thinner than the paper that the HR manager guy got me, actually. So it was like very much it's very good. Like it's 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 very good for folding, actually. It was pretty good. That's when how, I got it. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just that's just in time for Christmas, dude. I know the one you said is translucent, so maybe it wouldn't be perfect, but if you can buy paper in those dimensions with that small amount of money. Dude, you could wrap <laughs> all your gifts. For yeah, like but wrapping bucks. paper is like only like three bucks anyway. So if, right. if that well, Christmas wrapping paper is three bucks. I recently bought wrapping paper this week. I went to the Christmas section. I was like, wait a minute. Isn't there also a birthday section? So the Christmas wrapping paper is three dollars. These chumps are triple charging you. The happy birthday wrapping paper is just one dollar. Yeah, that's why you don't buy Christmas wrapping paper. You buy generic wrapping paper that works all year long. Sure, or you or you just go, go Galaxy Brain and use like newspaper and don't even bother sure. with that. Or you buy the happy birthday paper and just write happy birthday Jesus every time it says happy birthday, and then you can <laughs> give it to anyone. Or you do uh, what's above Galaxy Brain? It's. Uh, I don't know. Universe brain. Yeah. Universe brain is like not wrapping it at all and just sending it in an Amazon box. (laughs) Don't even touch it. Just order it from the internet straight to their house. Um, Yeah. Or just put it in a bag and get those little tissue paper on top of it. That's right. Okay. Okay. But getting back to your story. So now you have the paper. Have you made the dragon yet? So yes, I stupidly assumed that the first part of that paper when I got it would be straight. And it was certainly was not. So I wasted about four feet trying to fold the first thing and realizing that that first edge that I was accounting for as being straight was definitely not straight. So I ended up having to uh, like measure it again uh, with a measuring tape and then mark off each end and then rip that piece, fold it like on itself and then rip and like cut that part off and then, you know, make it into a big square. I had to get, I used like, like all of the space in my, in my tiny apartment, in my, in my, uh, in my bedroom to try and do this. Luckily I had a bunch of like cardboard that I was folding on top of. Otherwise it would have been even just impossible to do because there's no hard surfaces in my apartment besides like, I guess my kitchen, but that's even smaller than this area. So I don't know. It would not have been possible. Luckily I had all that cardboard to like make it a hard surface. So it took me like literally took me an hour just to get the first folds done and my back was killing me because i was like rolling around on the floor trying to get this thing up and then i it took me another hour to fold the dragon you're getting eventually you're getting paid overtime for this right this is for of work. course no I, no i got the 20 dollars. <laughs> that's all i needed so then i so then yeah I, uh, I eventually finished it that night and i and i brought it in and it was much bigger it's like dwarfing the other dragon please tell me you took pictures I did. I have a picture. Oh, good. No, yeah, definitely send that to me so we can post it when we post this episode because that would be very epic. You have to, have to remind me. I do have pictures. Um, I'll yeah, remember so, when we when I edit this, yeah. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a pretty big dragon. It's the biggest dragon I've ever made. And, uh, yeah, in my research, I, I found out that the largest paper crane ever folded started with a 100 meter by 100 meter piece of paper. Dang. Isn't that crazy? It took 800 people to fold it. (laughs) 
how do you <laughs> is that a facebook uh, event <laughs> come help us fold giant pieces of paper where would you even put that you know I, a stadium is not big enough for that i don't know that's crazy. I mean, right? you just go to Nebraska, right? Like, maybe like a, maybe like a, yeah, a Nebraska work. Maybe like a a NASCAR stadium because those are pretty big. Oh, they're huge. Yeah, it's like multi, multiple miles, like in circumference. Yeah, that could work maybe. But like a football stadium is not big enough. It's bigger than a football field. Dang. So that's, is that <laughs> that's next, obviously, because you just yes. have to keep getting bigger. So so I so obviously like. Uh, HR manager comes to me and he's like, all right, I need a bigger dragon. I said, well, this is the biggest paper that I can find online. So I don't know what we're going to do. But he, but I was like, maybe if we tape some pieces together, we can make it happen. So uh, today I actually got So another... wait, hold on. Is this your job or not? <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I just got a big roll of paper and another big roll of paper. And I think Maybe tomorrow, maybe later this week, when I'm not doing anything, I will attempt to tape some pieces together and see what I can do. Although I have no idea where I'm going to fold it because there's not space anywhere for this sort of monstrosity that I'm thinking of. So, Well, whatever happens, you have to take photos and send them to me so that we can post them when we post this episode, which we're going to go ahead and bring to a, a close here. Um, so... Do we do we want to do plugs or do you want me just to do nah, it myself after? It. Okay, all right, that's it. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Affable Chat. This is our last episode of 2019. We had a really good year, our best year by far, uh, and we're going to keep going into 2020. So thank you so much for being a part of that. If you want to call us up, we do have a phone number, 833-600-2428, 833-600-CHAT. Leave us a message about anything you want. We'll play it on a future episode and respond to it. So dial that number. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And wherever that is, please leave us a review. That would make, that would be the best Christmas present you could give us, the best belated Christmas present you could give us. It helps us reach a broader audience. You can reach us on Twitter or Instagram at AffableChat, same handle on both. Or if you're a little more old-fashioned, you can send us an email, affablechat at gmail.com. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube. Joey recently, our most recent video, Joey made a video about uh, email spam and how to prevent it, which I thought was pretty interesting. And uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. For Affable Chat, I'm Benjamin. We'll see you next year.